Shut up and sit down. Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself! <laughs> Without much further ado, I give you the Dialed Podcast with your hosts, Matt Legrand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Duering. I know you want to keep listening to me, but they are not paying me squat, so I'm out of here. Alright, alright, alright. Hello and welcome back to the Dialed Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Today, I am here with Matt Legrand. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs. <laughs> Evan Price. How's it going? We've got Lance on location. Woo. Yes, international man of mystery, man about town, Lance Romance <laughs> on location. And we have a special guest with us today. We have Justin Wagner. Um, we'll call him the kingpin of the ODZ team. Nice. Justin, thank you for coming on the show. Kingpin, does that sound, makes me sound like a drug lord of some yes. sort or something. That's, <laughs> not sure that's, what, that's kind hey, of what it I'll is, right? It. I'll own it. Yeah, <laughs> so. welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, thank you for joining us. All right, so let's uh, let's get into our quick backpedal here. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, so we'll try and make this somewhat quick. Um, let's run around the table and, and the phone and all that other fun stuff. Um, Lance, why don't you start us off because you are on location. Where are you, Lance? I'm, I'm actually currently in Moab, Utah. Um, I do not have a job, and so <laughs> <laughs> I saw that I had some open days on my schedule, and I hopped in my truck mm. with my three bikes and my dog, and I took off, so... Oh, you um, my daughter is down here working in Moab, Utah, so I decided to come down and spend a couple of days with her. I stopped in Sun Valley, Idaho for a couple of days beforehand. My plan was to go there, but um, the weather wasn't all that hot. It was a lot of thunderstorms, and so I just kept on coming. So, so that that's like why I'm when the wind is blowing today. If the wind is blowing south, you just go south. Otherwise, you... <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was all <laughs> thunderstorms and raining, and yeah. I'm like, so okay, no, point to point. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go to the sun. But I actually had a pretty good week because I, I last Monday, I raced at Monday uh, uh, Portland International Raceway, and um, I ended up hanging with the group and ended up taking third place in That's the 4-5 race, about. which was which was unexpected. So That's some good stuff was, right there. I've been telling you, Lance, yeah. you're, you're back, dude. You're, you're just about there. Right at the beginning <laughs> of the season, too, just killing it. Good job, Lance. Had a kid. The... the the best story was that I finish in third place. I'm feeling all hot and cool, and I'm I'm in the finisher area with the whole team. I go to turn my bike around, and I'm still clipped in. Please tell me and you I fell. fell yes. right over. On <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of everybody, 
in front of the whole team, in front of the whole finisher area. It, it Top was, five. It was top five. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll get so, back to you in a minute. And uh, we're going to want to talk a little bit about some of these pictures that you've been posting up and just killing us all with. But we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, Evan, how was your week, bud? Uh, I have a mustache because I lost a bet. <laughs> and not only just a mustache, I have like sideburns with it too. It was it was a work bet. I need to never, ever bet mustaches again. I, it, no. it is a terrible look for this me. Is, this is a work you had a bet that was? Yeah. Okay. This was not a personal choice. This was 100% <laughs> not a personal choice. Cool. Oh yeah, but uh, that yeah, that's basically that's basically it for me. So. Training, training. <laughs> How's the training week? Uh, really tiring, and I'm under recovered, which we will talk about oh, later. Okay. Cool. Right. Matt, how was your week? Good. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Just got out for a couple, you know, training rides and stuff like that, and then I I raced um yesterday, a uh, half marathon, which was I not, saw I mean, that you raced well. Yeah. I for for one twenty four, right? Yeah. Uh, one twenty four, and um, that's you know, it's way more than half the mileage that I do for yeah. a standard week. It's like I don't that's I don't run and still then, in it, uh, and I won the race, and set the course record what? and uh <laughs> yeah i don't know it was it's it's ridiculous so now yeah i mean i'm so sore right now it's yeah it if you guys were able to see me walk around it's it's pretty pretty sad sight to see we'll have so. to have a walk off and see who yeah looks, you and whose form is worse right now yeah. <laughs> so, and jake's recovering from his crash still so he and i could like probably you know grab a pair of walkers or something oh, like there that you and go just race around now the, we've got something entertaining yeah. i'm really liking my odds at this table right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justin Wagner, a week in the life of Justin Wagner. How was your week, Justin? Well, uh, speaking of crash-offs um, and walk-offs, uh, I, too, am on the injured reserve list at the moment. Uh, um, Jake actually copied me. I crashed first. Um, <laughs> and in more style, stealing styles. More flair, more things broken. But, yeah, uh, bike included, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I got to teach you how to save your poor bike next time Shoulder, you go down. Shoulder surgery. Shoulder. Yeah, back up there. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the shoulder, I, um, I have a displaced fracture in my glenoid. Ugh. So they got to they gotta pin that back together. However, in order to do that, they have to put my arm in traction, mm-hmm. but I also have a radial head fracture at my elbow, which means they can't put me in traction without oh, risking yep. losing uh, movement in my left hand. So uh, we're waiting till like the beginning of June for the elbow to heal so then they can do surgery on the shoulder. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. So basically the season, I just kind of like went to the toilet and flushed it two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Tell us about the race uh, and, and kind of how that went down. How the how the crash went down. So I was uh, at Tour de Bloom in Wenatchee and um, actually oh, was and... doing pretty well after the road race and uh-huh. the time trial. I was racing in the Pro 1-2s. I was placed ninth in general classification. I had placed eighth in the time trial, which I was very happy about. Mm. Um, there was like 60-some-odd Pro 1-2s there. So um, wow. very happy. And so I said, hey, let's just – do the crit, let's survive. Um, and, and I actually don't race on Sundays for religious reasons, for religious respect. And so I knew I was going to be dropping after the crit. But I wanted to be able to say, hey, I finished the crit. I had my ninth place in GC and, you know, yeah. I'm out. Um, and so with like two laps to go, we come by the, 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 the lap point and I'm thinking, yes, okay, I did it. Like I hung on, I didn't drop a chain, didn't have a mechanical, like 
I hung on the super fast crit, go into corner number one, and there's a body on the ground, and I hit it at full speed and go flying over my handlebars into the bushes, and yeah. Oh, man. And, oh, so, and, but, so the bushes did not really break your fall like you were hoping? Yeah, well, or... it's a, it was bushes slash something else really hard oh. slash I went over my... There's a big dent in my helmet, luckily. Um, no concussion. The doctor said I was just as stupid after as I was before, so we're good <laughs> Oh, that's there. good. Um, good. <laughs> um, and uh, luckily, I was not the worst off from the crash. I don't know the gentleman's name, but he was in the hospital for two days with three broken ribs, broken oh. collarbone, broken shoulder, and a lacerated lung, if I oh, believe. Oh, that's dangerous. Is this the gentleman that was your speed bump? No, actually, my speed bump uh, gentleman, uh, an Audi racer, uh, I have a beautiful okay. picture of it, actually, of me destroying his wrist and back, but he only came oh. out with a uh, sprained wrist and, quote, really sore back. I guess my front fork... <laughs> From your front snapped, wheel. <laughs> my front fork that snapped when I hit his back must have gotten oh the, the, the brunt of it, so... Yeah. Did you happen to catch your speed right before, right before the crash? Do you have any idea? It... So before we started swinging into it, I was going 31, and it maybe trailed down to, like, maybe 28. But I was taking the outside line, so I probably was actually trying to speed up. Yeah. So there's definitely a drop from 31 to 27, and I don't know if that's me in the air dropping from 31 <laughs> to 27 or before the corner. I don't have enough stats. The speed bumps slow you down four miles an hour as soon as you Exactly. <laughs> So Jake really did copy from completely off you. That was very similar to Jake's yeah. outside of it wasn't into a turn. Yeah. 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 Man, I'm sorry, so, Justin. That's a bummer because you really did work your butt off. And I mean, if there's a a picture of that you can put up a wall of dedication and consistency, it's this man right here. I mean, he is up every single day yeah. leading the charge and just throwing down, um, you know, awesome training program after awesome training program. Yeah. You spend a lot of time on the trainer, right? I do. I do. I have, I have uh, four young kids, a fifth yeah. on the way, full-time job. And uh, just to spend time with the family in the evening, morning times is my training. Right. And So that's like 4 a.m. or something like that? Yeah, well, I, I have a standing ride that I do every Thursday at 4.15 a.m. Yeah, that's right. It actually hasn't stopped. That's still <clears throat> continued even after the crash. I was so. going to ask if you were able to, like, you know, figure out the arm situation and, and be able to get uh, on the trainer. So Yeah, here's the, here's the mic drop on that. Um, do you guys aware of the CVR racing series on Zwift? Yeah. This is the one that's the big money cash prize stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I won that race with my broken arm and shoulder. And there's <laughs> oh, actually wow. a video of it on Facebook. <laughs> wow. I won that's, the sprint finish. So wow. That's not that's much not demoralized around. anyone yeah. else who was sprinting against me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make sure? Is it is it kind of like you know the the video games the kids play these days when they got the headsets they can talk back and forth? Can you do that on on that? Like, are you communicating back and oh, forth yeah. with people? Oh yeah, oh totally. We use Discord and like, oh, it's it's so nerdy. It's so awesome. You should it's have been like talking so much team trash car during radio, that. Team, team car radio to the max, man. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, Justin actually turned us on to that. We've mm-hmm. um, we started up our own team rides on Tuesday nights, and we did it for pretty much the month of November, December, January, and I think we even went into February. But um, using Discord was a huge, huge help, and it was actually made the the interaction quite quite a bit more fun because there was definitely some trash talking yeah. going on, and it was just a good way to keep everybody in the loop. So, so yeah, so Discord, just to, to explain that, it's a separate app from Zwift. It's basically like a big chat room that you can all go in and talk to. And people, 
a lot of gamers use it, yep. and, and the Zwift community's picked it up to be able to uh, just communicate real time, so you don't have to type. Okay, so so Justin, I think I, I think everybody would be really interested in hearing. Give us your typical, obviously prior to crash, seven day week balancing. I mean, we talk about balance on this show a lot, and I think you would you would be an expert at juggling and balancing things right now. So can you give us just a, a snapshot of your week, typical week? Okay. Okay, so like a typical hard training week for me, I will put in like as many as so assuming I'm let's say I'm you know I'm working my normal work week and it's not a it's not a week with extra time or anything, but let's say I'm putting in about fifteen or so hours. So I'm gonna be putting in starting at least at five AM on the trainer most days during the week, sometimes four. I'll ride till either seven or eight in the morning, depending on um the day of the week, uh, you know, wow. I go into work, do my work day, come back, spend time with family in the evening, and I get to bed at like, well, I try to get to bed early enough that waking up at four isn't a nightmare. But uh, you know, I'd say the one thing that does suffer in all this is I probably end up running like five to six hours of sleep on average. Um, you fall asleep. I'm sure you fall asleep oof, the kids to would, bed. nobody would recommend. <laughs> um, so. That's my that's my big naughty right there as I steal sleep. Yeah, but there um, but there is some good. I mean, you've how many years have you been doing that now? That 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 sort of sleep pattern. So I haven't been doing fifteen hours a week for this many years. I've only really been in the sport, honestly, about three, maybe four years. Okay, about okay. three years. So Justin came on the scene just like with gangbusters. It's like he 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 got a bike and all of a sudden he i don't know if your athletic ability or or what your athletic history is but the way you have come on the scene has just been so incredible to watch justin you have just been so strong what what is your what's your history yeah yeah oh i appreciate that lance um so i ran uh in high school i my senior year i think my junior senior year, i switched over to to distance running after i found out that i sucked at jumping uh, <laughs> you could have done a um, decathlon. Yeah. So I, so I had a decent, like I, I ran the mile in four thirty in high school, um, That's which was, which was not good enough to get into varsity districts because <laughs> there was kids <laughs> running a four Oh eight in my district. What so, district were you in? Um, I'm in Spokane. So it was the okay. greater GSL. So this and, is like uh, Mead, Mead high school is like the, yeah. So exactly. Justin, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but like, uh, I have, so I don't, do you remember like there's like three fan brothers that were from Spokane? I'm friends with all these, these guys and they, yeah. you know, so one was like, has the course record at the state meet for cross country. They all came through Spokane, this like family that was fast. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's there. It is. It's a tricky. So I'm turning 32 uh, this year. Okay, so they're they're probably they're 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 a little older than you, but yeah, it's a fast okay. area. And that Mead High School, it's like one of the best schools in the nation for, for running and stuff. So Spokane's it's pretty competitive. And actually, even yeah. now, it's actually still really competitive. There's two schools. It's not Mead anymore, but there's two other schools up I think, there. I think North Central's mm-hmm. uh, doing. Yeah, they're doing excellent. Well from what I've heard, and one other school in yeah. there. So they're doing great. So it's a competitive area. I don't know what's. What do you guys got in the water up there? Uh, if we told you, we'd have to kill you. Oh, okay. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> not allowed to ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so I ran in high school. I, I knew that running wasn't gonna like you know be the next end all be all for me. I knew the sport would end me before I ended the sport, and so I basically just decided to focus on school and getting my degree 
and I served a mission for my church. And so after all that settled, I was 255 pounds coming out of grad school and then wow. got a bike and now I'm back down to like 185. So, cool. so and that's wow. what I was in high school was 185. Yeah. That's so, an awesome story. I love how bicycles just change, yeah, change yeah. people's lives. It's yeah. good stuff right there. It, it, Justin, you are um, one of the the few guys that, that kind of put this whole ODZ thing together. Can you just give us a little bit of background on, on what ODZ is and, and your team and, and just yeah. kind of how that whole scene works in real life and in, in the digital world? Sure, sure. So, so ODZ is a, a club slash team that started on Zwift of all places. And you're probably wondering what ODZ stands for. And if you, if you could see the logo... Um, it, it's a guy on a bike. And if you look close enough, the bike is actually a pair of glasses. Okay. And so the people who started the club were two optometrists. So the title, the real origin of ODZ stands for optometrists on Zwift. So OD is the (laughs) acronym for optometrist. Uh, you no longer need to be an optometrist to be in the club. I'll just throw it out there. I was going to ask, like, when did that rule go away? Was that? (laughs) That's a pretty selective group. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just stuck. It was cool. But it had this cool play because they were so obsessed with Zwift. They they felt like they were overdosing on Zwift. So it was both ODing on Zwift and optometrists on Zwift. Ah. We had the few logos like the in the early iterations that spelled out overdosing on Zwift, but it uh, it got some pretty um, – we got contact from people at high levels that said, please don't have doping or dosing anywhere near the name Zwift, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so now basically you get this whole story when you ask what ODZ stands for, but my current interpretation of what ODZ stands for is obviously dominating Zwift. That's what I think it stands for. So, <laughs> I like that. That's good. So, so, so basically it started as a club. We had some really cool rides we organized on Zwift where we basically, Uh-oh. because we know Zwift, you can do so many different things than you could do in a normal group ride. We wanted to add all the flair, fun, gaming, cool rules, different strategies you couldn't do in the real world. Um, that's kind of our flavor of things we organize and it's just, it's, it's gone gangbusters. And this year I started it as a local club in Spokane. We've got about oh, 20 so guys in our club that are either just riding with us or racing with us. So, so yeah, and we're, and we're connected with everyone through Facebook and, and, the, and Zwift. And so it's, it's pretty awesome. So if people are interested in either joining the club or like learning more about it, what, where can they go? What can they do? Teamodz.com. Okay. Okay. We've got a great Facebook or, and we're also a great presence on Facebook. You can check us out there. Um, there's actually a, uh, so if you basically the way to like earn your badge to the team is what we call a kit challenge. And so if you go up on our website, there's a page called the kit challenge where you do a series of things to basically earn your virtual kit in the game. And, and we nice. give you then the code so you can use the, the kit in the game. But that's kind of the way to like uh, join the team. That's our, um, uh, I'm thinking of what's the word I want to say, our hazing process. You got <laughs> like kit challenge, so. Justin, on, yeah. the, on the homepage, is this, is this you sprinting away from the group right here? I wish that's actually um, that's actually a gentleman out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, ah. Brett Boniface. Okay, and uh, he's noticed that's the I think that's the Glotman Simpson kit in the yellow and black. Yes, that's uh, yeah. behind them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, Brett has raced professionally. He's actually uh, one of the main organizers of the 
Applewood Garneau U23 team. You may have seen them at some of the bigger stage races in the area. But mm-hmm. uh, so that's quite a, that's quite Brett. A, quite a set of quads. Oh my gosh! All right, so <laughs> so if I'm if you know, let's just say for example that I'm like a you know scrawny triathlete that's not. Let's just say I'm not pushing a lot of watts. I mean, hypo- <laughs> hypothetically, he has a friend. Yeah. I have a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hypothetically. So um, I know that. Y- is there there are ways to make some adjustments and things like that so that I'm able to join some of the group rides? Is that right? Do you want to explain that to the listeners? Oh yeah, yeah. So so the group rides, a lot of them are of all certain ability levels. Some of them are races where you know you basically want to um, go to your level. But like I think what you're maybe hinting at is uh, so this this group endurance ride that I do called Wagner's Wagon on Thursdays. Yeah. The intent is to basically do three hours of endurance riding, up to. Sometimes I extend it to four because I'm sick like that. Um, oh my gosh! And <laughs> I thought I was the only. I'm. I'm, I'm going to be honest, Justin. So I, I've I've done long trainer rides. I've never used Zwift before, but everybody's always looked at me like that was so weird. Now talking to a guy who consistently has done that. Yeah. And at four every Thursday. Oh my gosh. Wow, I, I'm very impressed. Just very another impressed. Thursday, yep. <laughs> so so the, the what I was getting at is that endurance ride, we basically say, look, Justin's going to be setting a three watt per kilogram pace. Mm-hmm. And if you feel the need to shift your avatar's weight in order to stay in the draft, <laughs> what, but this that's is what you not a problem. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Which is really nice, right? Because, you know, like... Maybe I can't hold three watts per kilo, but if I can hold two and adjust my weight accordingly, and you, you guys even have some calculators, on, or used to have this, I don't know, it's been a while yes. since I've been to the yep. website, but mm-hmm. uh, you had some quick calculators so that you could help people get the right weight, right? So you set yeah. your, you're so, setting so your weight. So the Zwift group workouts actually would do this for you automatically. If you ever right. joined a group workout in Zwift, they will do this. So they keep the pack together no matter what people are doing. In fact, you could go 2,000 watts and you won't go off the front. Um, now, so you ask, well, why don't you just use that, Justin? Because the group workouts on Zwift only allow people to join late for up to 30 minutes. And with the wagon being three hours long, we get Europeans who are starting at, with us at 4 a.m. And then we get like North East Coast and West Coast that wakes up and comes on. And there's guys that do 60 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever. They just kind of come and go. And so... The fact that we could only have people late joining that official ride for 90 minutes or up to 30 minutes means we basically just run this thing like show up at this point at this time and let's ride. Like yeah. It's not in the official event list with Swift okay. gotcha. because of that limitation with late joining. Well, so. and I rem- and that group rides thing hasn't been around forever. So I think when I first looked exactly. at the ODZ thing, it was non-existent. So it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see Zwift come along with all these different features, right? So yeah. they didn't mm-hmm. have any sort of group rides. They didn't have events at all for a while, right? So it's, it's just, yes. you know... I was on like the beta list for Zwift a long time ago and it was just like, it's just keeps evolving and it gets better. I really like Zwift a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, events at the very beginning was somebody made a Facebook event that right. described everything and they told, it was like a, you know, they organized, um, what do I say? A uh, flash mob, like yeah. show up at the start line at this time and we'll hammer. And know? it was their own website. There was like an event list that was separate from Zwift completely. Mm-hmm. So totally. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So the racing that you do on there, that that's pretty prevalent you're, you're on the racing all the time correct yeah i use it a lot for training i find it's like i'll do structured interval training as well but i, I really like 
the just picking up on strategy and racing that you get from Zwift racing. If all you ever did was race on Zwift, that would be a problem. But I, <laughs> I've, I've found a good balance to supplement a bit of racing with my structured training. Okay. So, so that yeah. said, in talking about what we were talking about with the uh, the adjustments on weight and oh. whatnot for watts per kilogram, how is it that you guys police that? How is it that uh, you or Zwift or whomever takes a look at this and says, all right, we're, we're out here doing a race and, and this guy's obviously cheating. How do you guys address that? That's a great question. So there is a very fiery discussion on this topic and uh, I will give you the boiled down condensed version, but basically they've set up some thresholds that once people start performing above those thresholds, flags start getting raised. And if you cross it enough times, your results on uh, ZwiftPower.com will start to automatically get like said, mm, you got to prove it. So what the proving process is then you basically have to submit in real life race efforts, time trials, uphill TTs to basically say, look, I can do this in the real world. And so that's process. Basically, once you've gotten that, you get what's called a badge. So Zada, Zwift Anti-Doping right. Authority. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm not kidding. That's what it's called. Uh, they'll basically bless you and you know and and you'll be able to get those uh, flags removed so is it is it about as corrupt as usada or is it no. is it a no, little no, bit more it's a very hard job for them to do they're completely yeah. volunteers yeah. there's no good for money involved um that's cool and that they that's are, out they there, are very yeah. um you know they're complete process and engineer nerds and you know they're trying to like remove themselves make it you know right so they they don't know who it is or whatever and all that good stuff so so it's is it perfect no and you know somebody could draft their like they'll basically look at an uphill effort and um you know say oh well we can, can we can go to bikecalculator.com and see if that power even matches what you should have done for the time you did you can reverse calculate all this stuff and uh somebody could potentially fake it by drafting their wife or something in a truck or something yeah. right well, i mean, I mean of, yeah. there's no perfect i mean right they I, can't yeah, there's so much yeah. they can do if but, you talk to any software so, developer like it's so it would be so easy to manipulate any of this data whether it's going into zwift or even like data that's going you know from a, a live ride into strava it's all yeah. easy to cheat which yeah. it's tough but i think you know like um the you you put a group of engineers that you know they're they're going to look at past performances and especially like race performances where that's like in real life races and that stuff gets hard harder to cheat so yeah yeah, yeah. yep how, so how, there's your long answer how prevalent is it that people just fudge their their weight though i mean if i i'm going to go on the record and say i'm 182 pounds but if i go on a race how are you guys to know that i'm actually not you know, putting in 165, but I yet weigh 182. Therefore, my watts per kilogram is getting skewed. Yeah, so one of the ways that's handled on ZwiftPower.com is they actually, every time you join a group ride or event, they basically log what your um, your weight is. Yep. And so if somebody is always 180 and then all of a sudden they erase their 160, that <laughs> raises a flag. Gotcha. Um, so, but if you've always said you're 160 pounds the only system i know of that would ever say well no you're actually much fatter you're actually 180 would be if you showed up to like the live cbr event where they have people weigh in and like mm. they set the weight for you and stuff interesting so, okay 
Well, that's that's good to know, and it's it's kind of neat to see that you know people are taking it somewhat seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, anything else in this past week? I know that we're still kind of on your uh, your back pedal here. Anything else you <laughs> want to chime in about this past week that you had going on? Uh, you know, we we took the boys to a race over in Montana. It was a new race in Montana that kind wow. of started up the Bear Mouth Road Race. That was tons of fun, and we were able to. I got to drive behind the pack in the team van, which felt super cool. I wish I had a radio to yell in my guys' ears, but I didn't. <laughs> and uh, and they were able to take the win in the four five division, so that was very pretty, cool, pretty exciting. Cool. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got one more thing that I want to ask you about, but I'm going to table that just for a brief second here, um, and, and kind of give it its own little topic here because I think it's kind of a cool thing. It's a little bit of a, a little road race that Justin's got his hands in. So we'll, we'll get to that in just a second here. Um, as for me and my backpedal, I'm going to keep this real short and sweet. It involved a lot of bag bandages, <laughs> tegaderm, <laughs> pain, and recovery. Um, I can happily say, though, that I've gotten back on the bike, and I think this week will be the week that I kind of get back into my training program um, gently. So yeah. I'm coming around and healing up. So going to miss the uh, the one-horse road race that's coming up this weekend, but I'm putting all my uh, sights on the state championship road race coming up on June 16th, if I'm not mistaken. And we've got the short track series starting up, too, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so let's get into that topic that we were just mentioning real quick um, about uh, this little road race called the Liberty Road Race. And it's actually, if I'm not mistaken, the Washington State Road Racing Championships. And Justin's team uh, is the the main promoter. Justin, tell us about this race. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this race is a course that has actually existed before. And so it's well known. I'd say it's been at least... I don't actually know how long it's been. I'm going to guess it was five years or so since the course has been used uh, for racing. Um, but uh, so that kind of helps us in, in, in promoting it. But uh, we're super excited about it. Um, WSBA is helping us by designating it the, uh, you know, the road race championships for both masters and senior categories. Um, and something else we've done the same weekend is there's a crit the very next day in, in Post Falls. Now, it's not organized by us. It's actually a different group. But we coordinated the weekend so that those coming from out of town uh, would have more incentive to come to the Spokane area to race because they'll get the road big road race on Saturday and then a crit on Sunday. So, gotcha. and uh, for so our, July 28th is the day. Cool. And for our, yeah. our listeners who don't know what WSBA is, do you want to give us a little yeah. background on that? Yeah, yeah. So WSBA is, um, I guess they're probably familiar with what OBRA is. Yep. Um, there's obviously a big difference, uh, kind of, you know, WSBA is the local association of USA cycling. So it stands for Washington state bike racing association. It's not the WSBA also stands for the Washington state bar association of lawyers. So <laughs> don't get it confused if you're Googling it, by the way, I'd imagine that um, may be the first Google search. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what, that, that's what WSBA is. Yeah. Okay. And one more time, the, the date on the, the race. Yeah, it is Saturday, Saturday, July 28th. And, uh, we will stage at Liberty high school, which is just in between Spangle and uh, Waverly in uh, Washington. So it's about 30 miles south of Spokane. Okay. So if you're... And yeah. folks who are interested, um, is, has pre-registration opened up? Yes, yes. Pre-registration is opened up. We have passed the early bird registration discount 
but there is actually a discount for dialed cycling to actually get half off registration. We're pretty excited to uh, Ooh, offer wow. that, help you guys out if you want to come up and race. And, and I think Jake's going to handle distributing that to the team. Yep, we will uh, do that. So we've got a code for you. So if you want to get half off your race and, uh, and if you're looking to try to figure out, um, you know, accommodations, a place to stay, pretty well connected in the area and i'm more than happy to help you out if uh if you want to come up and need to figure that out so excellent and for folks who are coming from say you know obra down here the oregon bicycle racing association or coming from out of state will they need a uh a usac license a united states cycling license do you guys have one yeah, day licenses the, available? The one day license i think you would need to okay. do and so so the discount we're giving you there should definitely offset what that's going to cost you i think i think uh registration is what it uh 50 bucks for the race. And I think we gave you a $20 discount for the team. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I think the one day license will cost you 10 bucks. I think, uh, I haven't, uh, that sounds about right. Not so shabby. So if somebody is from the state of Oregon, can they come up and actually win the, the state championship for Washington or do you have to be a Washingtonian to, um, to take that title? That's a good question. I think I think they would actually give the jersey to whoever is the highest ranked WSBA member. But I, I, I would. I mean, if you beat them on the road, but you didn't get the jersey, I mean, come on, that's way better than yeah. getting the jersey. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, like, come on, like, that's semantics. Remember the fact that he didn't actually get first. Yeah. So maybe we so, can I mean, sign up yeah, for him. Yeah, you finish first. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I'll I'll make you your own jersey. So what's what does so. what does the course look like, Justin? Like, what if, if if you were describing like you know what your training should look like leading up to that? What what, what would you say? So it's it's not a hilly course. It's a fairly flat uh, with some rollers, and there's quite a bit of uh, is not a lot of tree cover. So if it's windy, it will be crosswind city. Um, so that's kind of what the course is looking like. You're looking at a 30 mile lap. And depending on your category, I think most categories are doing it two laps. So that's about 60 miles. And the upper categories are doing three. Uh, and I think like the very beginner women will do one lap. Um, but it's, uh, there's a flyer. If you go to teamodz.com slash liberty dash road dash race, uh, it'll be on there. Or you can just go to teamodz.com and it should be hyperlinked through the menus to get there. But uh, there's a whole flyer that describes, you know, how long the race is, registration, all the gory details, link to register on USA Cycling. So, Very cool. Well, I wish you luck with that. I, how is pre-registration looking? Are you guys starting to get some, some good entries? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm happy with it. I think you know, I've done my, my numbers to make sure I'm not going to be just eating fistfuls of cash uh, to make this thing run, and I think, uh, I think, we'll, I think we'll be solvent, so I think it, it'll, it'll run well. So. Very cool. So. Do you guys have any big sponsors? Or any sponsors you'd like to mention right now for their help? I know how much that um, that helps an event and it helps a club or a team. Um, anybody, yeah. Anybody in particular helping you guys out right now? Yeah, so we've got uh, Endurance 360, a sports supplement, helping us out. We've got Cordafondo. We've got Showers Pass. You guys may know them. They're out of the Oregon area. Yeah. They do a lot of weatherproof gear. They've got some gear they're handing out. Burrito Training, um, Cosmic Cowboy Grill out of uh, Coeur d'Alene. The Endurance Lab is offering up a lot of free uh, structured training for us to give out at the race. So, so yeah, lots of uh, lots of cool stuff. And those all the sponsors are listed out on the on the race page if you want to learn more about uh, what they offer. So, good. We do appreciate those sponsors. So, all right, let let's um, 
Let's get started on our first topic here, guys. Uh, the, the topic for today is recovery, and that's kind of a broad spectrum. And, and depending upon where you're at and, and, and what you're thinking about, I mean, that can be different kinds of recovery. Um, I, I'm going through a different kind of recovery, that, and, and yeah. Justin, I think, is kind of on the same page as everybody else um, than maybe somebody who's just out there hammering. Um, so let, let, let's go through this. And Lance, since uh, you've been a little bit quiet and you're, you're on location, <laughs> let's start with you. I want to hear um, a little bit about your recovery because you, you're kind of going through do, two different kinds of recovery. You're coming back from an injury, and you're training a ton right now. What, what's recovery to Lance right now? Well, you know, it's it's always a, a tricky thing for me because I just want to ride and have fun. You know, I'm I'm on my bike to have fun. I'm racing to have fun, and so um, I I I tend to ignore my recovery a little bit, which really isn't very smart. So, you know, and I'm I'm kind of working on that. But one of the things I do try to do, there's two things that I think are really important to me. And one is when I immediately get done with the ride, trying to get some protein into my system to help with the muscle building and muscle recovery. I think that is important for me. And the second thing I try to do is make sure I get enough sleep. Now, Justin just told us he survives on five hours of sleep a night. That would not work for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I try to get... Uh, you know, seven or eight hours of sleep a night. And I think those two things are kind of important for me. So that's kind of what I thought. Now, now, Lance, you did have a period in your life, though, where you were probably surviving off of training with five, five to six hours a night. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there was there was a stretch of five or six years there where, yeah, I and it was probably when I was about Justin's age. Justin's 32 and I'm 48. And there were times there. Um, where, yeah, I was surviving off much less sleep. And, and in those instances, I, I would, um, really focus on the calories I was getting in and recovering from my hydration and, um, just making sure I got the right protein in my system too. So I think those are the things that, that helped me. So, so when you're not hitting on all of those things properly, what are some of your biggest symptoms that you know, like, oh, crap, I, I, I better mind my P's and Q's here. I know that something's going to go sideways if I don't because I'm starting to have these symptoms. What, what are those for you? Uh, two things. I cramp, like, inadvertently, mm -hmm. like, laying there watching television, and all of a sudden my hamstring cramps uh -huh. <laughs> or, <In there. laughs> or, my right, or my right foot cramps. Or I think I'm going to die because my toe is cramping and I can't get it to, <laughs> to roll out. So that's one thing that I realize when I'm either underhydrated or I don't have enough electrolytes in my system. So cramping is one thing. The other thing that I notice, and I've mentioned it before, is my resting heart rate. Um, I try to take my resting heart rate in the mornings, and it's kind of a sign of where I'm at in, in my recovery or my fitness. And usually my resting heart rate in the morning, first thing when I wake up is about 45 beats per minute. And if that gets up to 50 or 55, I know that something is amiss. I'm either not sleeping well, I'm not recovering right, um, I'm not taking in the right nutrition, or I'm overtraining, something like that. And mm -hmm. if it stays below 45 you know, or less, I, that's usually a, a measurable sign that I'm not recovering right. Have you, as you've, as you've aged Lance, now you have aged like a fine wine, let me be clear there, but <laughs> as you, 
as you've aged, have, have you realized that you, you're more aware of those symptoms now? Do you respect them more or are you still kind of making the same mistakes you were making before? Oh, I'm just as stupid as I always was. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it now so, at least, right? You're, you're, you're more aware of it now. I'm aware of my stupidity instead of just ignorant in my stupidity. So, so yeah, I try to be more, you know, aware of that stuff and what works well for me and what doesn't. You know, I, I, my body's different than I think other people's and you, you kind of have to learn what works good for you and what doesn't. Um, I don't need a lot of hydration on longer rides, um, especially in the Pacific Northwest where we're usually not dealing with a lot of heat. And so I, you know, I can just, I realize that and can kind of plan accordingly, but yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Matt, how about you? What's, what's recovery to you, bud? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I did a half marathon yesterday and I was extremely undertrained. So, um, I'm definitely looking at, uh, recovery strategies and trying to learn from Lance romance. Like what's the, what's the key. And I think he probably hit the nail on the head when he said, like, make sure you're getting sleep, you know, pay attention to nutrition, drink lots of water, things like that. So I think that those are like probably the best things that you can do for recovery. Um, I think for me, you know, when I was younger, I would, you know, I would absolutely like never take a day off of training. And, um, as I've gotten older, uh, it's just not as big a deal. Like today I biked this morning and I'll swim, but I probably won't run for a couple days, maybe, you know, even like three to five days completely off of running. And it won't phase me. Whereas when I was younger, I, I'd be like in bed with the flu and like still go out and run like just absolutely ridiculous stuff. And, uh, I just think, you know, just having time off from the sport, you're, you know, you're not going to lose that much fitness if you take a down week, you know? Yep. So, so yeah, giving your body just a chance to recover as opposed to continuing to push. And then, you know, some of the things that Lance said, like, yeah, sleep is probably the best thing that you can do to recover. So Justin, think about it. Give that sleep stuff. <laughs> just give it a try, man. Just every once in a while, try sleeping. Justin's looking into his future with Lance here, so. <laughs> Justin's in the thick of it right now. Yeah. He's got young kids and a full-time job, and he's training as a P12 racer, so I get it, man. It's, yeah. You got to give somewhere, and that's where you give, so. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin, do you want to talk to us about recovery? And, and if you ever even slot that into your, your, uh, your regimen, <laughs> other than the times where you're uh, finding yourself broken and, and having to, cause you have no other choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. The avenues I could go with this, but definitely, you know, so when I'm normally training, I try to break my weeks up into like two halves. Like I'll do like really hard efforts like Monday, Tuesday, and then like recover Wednesday and then go like hard Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I find that like only having two to three days where I'm just like going lots of uh, either intensity or time or whatever it is, it helps break it up. Cause if I am trying to do five days straight of that, it just gets really mentally taxing. So that's a quick tip just on how to like break up your week. But I'll be honest, my, uh, my recovery now was like, I wasn't going to ride this morning and I woke up arm in a sling kind of groggy. And I'm like, why am I doing a trainer ride at 5am? Like it's going to be weeks before I can ride outside again. So I went back to bed. 
So that was my recovery this morning. Good, Good for you. So I took your guys' advice on sleep this morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we should press, have somebody press pause on your Zwift account. So, like, log in. Hey, yeah. wait. Just lock him out. Yeah. <laughs> A little override on your kicker or, or your trainer, whatever it is that you're using these days. Uh, very cool. Um, Evan, talk to us about recovery. Um, you're, you're, you're one that I really wanted to hear from um, because you look at this from a lot of different angles. You're helping people recover on a daily basis from yeah. injury, and then you're training as an athlete, and you're going through your own sorts of recovery. Yeah. Breach. I, I think, oh, God. Well, <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of hypocrisy coming out of my mouth right now because <laughs> I, I, I've at least, as Lance says, Justin's in the thick. Of, I'm, I'm in the thick of young making stupid decisions with training on a consistent basis and have been probably for the last six years. And uh, it's, I think I'm getting a little bit smarter with it now. But yeah, I've preached to as many of my patients and anybody who's listening to this knows I treat a lot of triathletes, cyclists, and runners. And I'm all about the the not ever taking pure time off, as in, you know, I'm not a fan of ever telling a runner or an injured cyclist, all right, let's shut it down for two to three weeks. It's bring the stimulus way, way down and kind of reset, but never take pure time off. And I don't always take that advice myself. Um, I, as I, I find it funny, Matt mentioned this a little bit earlier, the training while sick. Yeah. Uh, my my cure for the flu for myself is to drink a couple gallons of water and go for a run usually yeah, sweat it out sweat it out <laughs> which i being a medical professional i know is ridiculous and not true and <laughs> it's a terrible idea but it's worked for me but um uh i would definitely say the the, the biggest thing with recovery and justin i think you meant you dabbled in the in the mental part of it a little bit um i'll speak from the triathlon portion it can be exhausting to, there's three sports there. And I think we like to think that if I'm not doing a hard run or bike today, I can do a hard swim right next day. Okay. I won't do the hard swim. Swim will be easy. I'm going to do a hard run. And all of a sudden I'll realize that I just did three months of training where six days out of the week, there was some interval workout, sometimes seven days, you know, 20 straight days of interval workouts and not realizing that there's a, a, a neuromuscular recovery that needs to go on and a mental recovery because intervals are hard no matter what sport you're doing whether you're a runner a cyclist or a swimmer you know doing 10 by 100 or 10 by one minute on the bike or 10 by 400 on the track those are all mentally taxing events that you go through so we've we've talked about stress before and you used the example of Mm -hmm. you have one cup in life you don't get Mm -hmm. like a cup for work and cup or cup for training a cup for family Mm -hmm. The same concept, you know, you've yep. got one cup and you've got three sports, yep. not three has, cups. It has okay. to fit in there. You yep. nailed on the head there, Jake. And that's, I think, the biggest mm. thing I try to stress to, especially my triathlon patients, because um, I think just growing up with uh, with my mother, too, who was always training very hard, whether it was for ultra running or triathlon, uh, I, I sort of realized and I try to tell her this, and it's funny, I'm definitely her son because I fall into the same pattern sometimes, but there's... Once that life stress picks up, you have to to look at your training and adjust it because mm-hmm. there's, you know, tra- training needs to be the thing that comes down because sleep, family, and job tend to be more important probably in the grand scheme of life. But I think uh, recovery-wise, talking specifics, and it's fun, um, I just went to a certification course for blood flow restriction training, which will be something in a later podcast I'll bring up and talk about. But um, the biggest thing that they were talking about this training is uh, the importance of protein after after these bouts. And it was they were talking about through this style of training, but it definitely applies to any endurance sport, too, is 
you've got to make sure that you're looking at nutrition, you're looking at sleep, because you don't want to be the guy who puts in a 20, 24-hour training week and then does not get to reap the benefits of that, which is yeah. tough. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to break yourself down and then realize that you just spent a month of hard training and did not race where you wanted to be at, so... That's uh, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, for me, it, one of those things is you really have to listen to your body, and mm-hmm. you've, you've got to be tuned into that. And if you have a hard time with that, then you've got to seek, you know, counsel of professionals or a coach, mm-hmm. or you know, listen to your peers who you you know basically you value their input that have been doing this for a long mm-hmm. time. And for me, it's it's taking a big heaping dose of that medicine right now because <laughs> all I want to do is go ride my freaking bike. Yeah. I want to get back to training because I got so many things that I want to work on right now. And like I, I'm not that hurt. I don't have anything that I have to wait like a prescribed amount of time. It's more of just like I, I need to listen to my body. And mm-hmm. you guys have been giving me sound advice, and I've been trying to heed said advice. And I'm I'm you know really chomping at the bit to get back out there. But um, I, I I think I'm doing an okay job of listening. And I, I really stress to uh, people out there who are dealing with you know a physical injury. Listen, listen to the people around you. Listen to the people who've gone through this mm-hmm. before. Listen to the professionals. But then there's also the people who are training, and they're they're training themselves into a hole. I mean, they're they're really starting to show signs of of overtraining. And you know, you've got uh, here's a little list of, of symptoms. You know, you're drained. You've got you know muscle soreness that that's beyond normal. Uh, mm-hmm. You're dealing with general pain. You're dealing with insomnia. Your performance uh, is decreasing. You're getting headaches, headaches, irritability, decreased enthusiasm for your sport. I mean, definitely yep. if you if you're dealing Absolutely. with that, you know that you're doing that's a too big much. one. Yeah. Um, you know, increased. Uh, Incidents of injury, things are just starting to break down. Um, you've got a compulsive need to train. Oh gosh, I need to. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there anybody here in this podcast that does not have a compulsive need to train right now? <laughs> and uh, I think one more that you can add to this list is depression. So I mean, if any of these things like kind of struck a chord with you, a little bell, a little ding goes off in your head. Just stop and take a look. And, 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 you know, when was the last time you had an active recovery week or just at least a block of a few days that you've put together so that you can give your body some time to recuperate? So um, ask yourself those questions. Um, we're going to decline that. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and then a, a few other things that, that you might want to just put on your radar is, you know, just rest and recovery. You've got to have that built in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, hydration. We've we've touched on that a few times. Making sure that you guys are getting ample hydration is very important. That's you know something with the summer months coming up. Make sure that you're paying attention to that. Uh, look into some sport massage. I think that there's some benefit mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah. Um, certain times of the year too, cross train. And and mm-hmm. for a cyclist that's in a very linear sport and doing the same thing all the time, cross train. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like to mix it up with the mountain bike a little bit because I think right. you kind of elicit different muscle yeah. groups and do things a little bit differently. But um, it, it's not going to kill you. It's not the end of the world. If you take some time off and go out there and do something different, go hiking, you know, go go hit the gym for a little bit. You know, find that 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 time in your schedule that you're doing something else other than that particular sport. Um, and then again, just working in active recovery, just, mm-hmm. you know, be active, you know, kind of scratch right. that yes. itch of wanting to be doing something. Don't just go sit on the couch, but you know, look at building some active recovery into your schedule so that you can, um, you know, let your body do its thing and heal. And, and I think going, going back to the muscle spasms, since we have, well, I, I'm not going to include myself into that conversation, but Lance and Jake, who seem to have problems <laughs> with that. I, I only once in God, I feel your guys pain. That was as soon as the, those came off me, I was like, wow, I have no idea how you guys deal with that. But I think realizing um, there, there's a little bit of debate around this, but there was uh, a time period where Gatorade put together a lot of uh, quote-unquote sponsored research mm-hmm. that said cramping was purely a hydration issue, an electrolyte imbalance. So 
what cramping truly is and what the the research has pointed to as well is it's mostly a muscular fatigue issue yep. and, and a neuromuscular fatigue. Mm-hmm. So right. there's, you know, just muscle tearing is just the beginning of that fatigue. There's obviously uh, a big um, neuro impact of muscle contractions too, especially during intervals and higher impact uh, exercises. And that fatigue needs to be your main concern. So the difference between that and hydration is people may get the idea that if I'm muscle spasming, if I just hydrate, I can go hard again tomorrow. That's not respecting the recovery process. If you are having active you know, spasms and fatigue while you're even sleeping and trying to get up the next day, you've got to treat that just as Lansom noted that that was one of his symptoms that, hey, maybe the next 48 hours need to be recovery. easy and recovery and cross-train maybe yeah. and not, you know, murder my quads in another, another <laughs> interval yeah. set. So, yeah. I did say that I was smart, Evan. Lance may be the smartest guy on this podcast, too. So I, I appreciate you, you saying that. <laughs> yeah. Just one other thing you can do. Again, we talked about working with a coach. And a good way to manage that is to work with a coach who understands what rest is, what recovery is, and, mm-hmm. and how to build that into a cycle. And, and actually, you know, you don't absolutely positively have to work with them. But start looking into periodization. And basically, that's mm-hmm. just the the organization of your training schedule and there's a few different ways that you can take a peek at that and it you know you've got your macro cycle that you're going to look at for the entire year then you can break that down into uh, smaller blocks of time like mesocycles that could be anywhere from you know four to eight weeks what have you and then you've got your micro cycle and that's just looking at things from a, um, a weekly basis and, and you have basically a prescribed well thought out organized procession of how your week is going to play out and there should be some rest that's built into that so yeah. It's not go out there and just hammer yeah. every single day. And it's like rest at the micro cycle, the macro cycle, and the meso cycle. You want yeah. recovery, you know, different types of recovery, you know, yep. at all the different spots. Yeah. And active recovery, you guys mentioned a couple times, fantastic. I, I really, one of my favorite things to tell my, my runners, because um, I coach running, is, hey, go have a, a fun run where you go and you try to find a new trail. Or yep. and, and so same thing for cycling, right? Yep. Go find some place, like, you and I do this a lot, where we're like, hey, What's this? Where's this road go? I don't know. Let's yeah. take this one. And that's not hard biking. It's not no. interval cycling. It's exploratory, that's, yeah. That's just, soup, that's just having fun. Yep. And, and I feel like that's probably one of the nice ways to do that active recovery. So it might be a tool that you guys can use if you're looking for recovery. Cool. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to touch on that Jake mentioned in terms of like scheduling it and like forcing yourself to do it. And uh, I have just a quick thing I want to touch on that point, if you guys will allow me, if we've got a, a minute to uh, discuss I'll it. Say it again, preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so, um, so, uh, well, the way I forced myself into active recovery was I, um, on Wednesdays, I said I was doing recovery. I actually um, started hosting like a group ride on Zwift that was advertised like a watt and a half per kilo, like super low, like, you know, like some people it might be hard for, but most people is very low. And it's 30 minutes long. And what we did was it became a teaching session. I literally, while writing it, I would live broadcast teaching about training with power. So you can look up on the web, what's up with power, WUWP. And there's a whole video series we've made of teaching people (laughs) the basics of training with power that all stemmed from I'm doing active recovery on Wednesdays and how am I going to force myself to it? And because I'm such a busybody, I couldn't just stare at Zwift and keep myself to a watt and a half per kilogram, I had to force myself. So I had to be able to talk, go through show notes and keep the group with me. And like, that all forced me to 
do my active recovery. Anyway, a little bit of an extreme example, but the point is you force yourself to do the active recovery. That's, Maybe you do the the shop ride with the grandmas. Yeah. Totally. I mean, yeah. I don't know yeah. what it is, right? Absolutely. Leave the grandma yeah. shop ride. Yeah, we have something that's similar. And, and before I talk about that, that's a good way to like know yourself and, and know how you can kind of put that governor on yourself. And the way that we do it and what works out really well for us around here is there's uh, some local folks that are they're, they're super, super cool people, Robin and Kevin, and they put on a ride on Thursdays called the Ice Cream Ride. And it actually starts back up this this coming oh, Thursday. Cool. Yeah. So we'll go out, we'll do the Ice Cream Ride around you know Vancouver, Washington area. And it's just a super casual, completely social ride. And, you know, Matt and I will go do it with together quite often. We'll just yeah. kind of cruise out there and, you know, we'll we'll end up getting, it's not really a total active recovery ride because sometimes we'll get like 40 or 50 yeah. miles out of it. Yeah. But the, the pace, the, the pace really dictates the, the fact that it's a social um, recovery ride. Right. And we, we, I think we average with about 15, 16 miles an hour, which is yeah, pretty simple. So and we, yeah, it's just conversational, yeah. right? Like you're yeah. there, you're there to meet people, you're there to conversate and it's super nice. It's yeah. fun when we have time build those into your schedule <laughs> folks it does wonders yeah. and it's it's actually kind of fun too to actually carry a conversation with people get to know some new yeah. people and uh just kind of take your foot off the accelerator for a ride so anybody else have anything that they'd like to chime in on with respect to recovery sometimes i'll do some easy exercises with my patients <laughs> that's about it <laughs> it's long, right. long work days every once in a while so right. okay let's jump into topic number two and this one's going to be a little bit more fun um there is a set of rules that has governed the, the cycling world for some time now and i want to say was eddie Merckx a part of the original version of this and it's kind of been um built upon over the years i think it was I, inspired by i Belgians. think it was definitely yeah. inspired by yeah. Merckx, but i don't think he was you know it, yeah We'll, we'll, it's I'll, probably after we'll his time. Toss that into the Arizona mission right. segment yeah. for another time, but it um, is Belgian. <laughs> I do know that it is Belgian inspired. Uh, so you've got the uh, it's called the Velo Minotti, and I think I said that right. And you can check it out at uh, Velo Amity or Minotti. Or we might just want to spell <laughs> that V E L O M I N A T I dot com. So it's called the rules. So I, I, I've said it like five different ways this this past week. I came into the the radar. I was put, talking about it, but basically what it is, it's the, the rules of cycling. And I wanted to run through this with everybody and. I, I, there's some stuff on there that I think is golden. And then for me, there's some st stuff on there that I think is just absolutely garbage. So <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of toss it around and I, I have a sneaking suspicion. My, a couple of mine are going to get used up. So um, I've got a big list and I'll save myself for last. Um, Lance, let's start with you. What, what are some of your favorites and what are some of the ones that you really dislike on, on there? Um, there, there is, there's three on there that I'll, that stand out to me. The first one is rule number five, which is, um, oh, you took mine. <laughs> <laughs> this one is referenced everywhere, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, Most people know it, just rule five. HTFU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it means harden the F up. And yeah. it, it's, I think that speaks for itself. It just means, you know, quit pansying out. Be a little tougher than you think you are. Yep. So yep. Um, it's not quite PC, especially for a good Mormon boy like me, but um, it speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> so that one that one kind of hits me the uh the next one is rule number 10 which is it never gets easier you just go faster yep so um again it has to do with training and volume and you think oh you know the more i get in shape the better off i'm gonna be 
And no, you just train harder when you're get it. Clearly look at Justin and what he's done. He's jumped into this thing and has just progressed very quickly. I can't even keep up with him virtually on Zip. It's embarrassing, but that's okay. <laughs> and, and, that, and neither on Zip. And that and that <laughs> was a that was a Greg a Lamont quote. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it is a Greg Lamont. Yeah, quote. that's yeah. that's a Lamont yeah. quote. Who, yes. Yeah. So some of these are like you'll you'll have these rules and things like that that we always joke about and stuff like that. But it's just like some famous cyclist says this, or these are just funny things that people mm-hmm. have kind of come across and said this needs to be on the rules list. So. <laughs> What are some of your dislikes, Lance? Um, the one, and I do this on purpose just because it's funny, is rule number 28, which is socks can be any dang color you I like. S- I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> so our our dialed cycling kits are orange, and so um, they're orange and black. And so it's easy to have socks to match all that. But I purposefully showed up at a group ride um, last week with uh, green argyle socks that match yes. nothing, and I did it. <laughs> I did it just to annoy a teammate. So maybe, <laughs> maybe hey, I shouldn't be so sarcastic you can, in my y- personal life. Y- but. You can tell them to check the rules. I mean, if you're following That's the right. rules, it's good. There's a clear rule: sock color, you know, free free reign. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the three I wanted to mention. Good stuff. All right, um, Justin, did you uh, come up with any for the uh, the likes and dislikes? Yeah, I've got I've got a dislike, and uh, there's a story behind why I dislike it. Uh, big climb nearby that I had uh, went up the first time, Mount Spokane. It's like a yeah. 3,500, 4,000 foot climb here, and uh, I was super stoked with myself. I got to the top early on in my career, and of course, put my bike above my head and took a photo <laughs> and made it my Strava. I was just proud of it. Like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. And like one of the first Strava comments was you broke rule number 95. <laughs> and I was like, screw your rules. Who knows I what? want the picture. So the rule number five, 95 is never lift your bike above your head. <laughs> the only exception is when placing a, it onto a car's roof rack. So <laughs> I photoshopped a car in there. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll I'll agree with you on that. What if I mean, didn't Wiggins when he broke the hour record on the track? Didn't he? The first thing he did, I think, was pick up his bike and put it above his head. You know, you see yeah. guys win races. There's got to be exceptions to that. Like, yeah. I'm officially submitting the rule uh, removal form right now. I think you should because that because that rule is bogus. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Anything else, Justin? Oh, that's it. All right. Matt, how about you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think these rules are super fun, so they're fun to discuss. You you might hear us even just briefly mention like the N plus one problem. And for for people that, you know, are, are listening to the podcast and they're not like super, super into cycling, if you hear a cyclist say, you know, oh, yeah, how, you know, how many bikes do you have or whatever? And it's always like N plus one. What they're referring to, and this is on the rule list, I think it's around number 12. But uh, it's like the idea that however many bikes you have, plus one is how many bikes you need. So you're, so, you know, how many bikes you're looking to, you know, it's always in plus one. So it's kind of a, a little <laughs> bit of a joke kind of amongst cyclists, like, oh, you always, you're always in need of another bike, uh, you know, and then, and then you take that to the spouse or whomever it is. And it's like, yep, yep. You know, like, well, how many shoes do you have? Well, I need another bike. So, <laughs> um, so there's that. And I figure, it, you know, our listeners should know what in plus one is referring to if we talk about it randomly within the, within the podcast. Um, and, and the I upper limit, I, you know the upper limit for that, right? <laughs> of N plus one? Please, please inform. 
The upper limit is S minus one. S minus one. S represents the number of bikes owned that would result in separation from your partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard S minus one is also how many bikes you own that you tell your spouse, correct? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually came on this road trip and I I brought three bikes with me oh and only gosh. one dog. So go figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> are you saying you've reached S, Lance? Are you I think it? I may. You're close. No, I'm not. No, I'm nowhere close. <laughs> I left my wife at home and I brought the dog. Maybe that's well, yeah, not there's, a good thing. With three bikes, there's only limited room for actual you know, people in the cars. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're all in the back of the truck. There yeah. you go. <laughs> So in, in the show notes here, I'm just now noticing that um, for that particular topic that there's a little typo, and it should say rules we don't. Are there rules out there that you guys don't like, that you guys vehemently say, yeah. you know what, well, that rule just sucks? There's sock length, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm a triathlete. But then you have this, like, so you have uh, these issues, yeah. right, where it's like, you're, I feel, and, and it's just one of those things like you have runners and they kind of will tend, they have these tendencies to wear their socks a certain length. You have triathletes that sometimes don't wear socks. And then you have cyclists that kind of have, I feel like there's like the sweet spot for cyclist socks. Yep. Nice. And so I kind of, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. It's just one of those things where it's like a culture. These, of sock length, these, which these, is weird. these rules create, I think, an environment of prejudice <laughs> against against triathletes <laughs> and any nonsense. And, uh, yeah. okay. and me, and me, Actually, having rule, come from both worlds, I'm feeling very, you know, attacked by some of these. So, <laughs> <laughs> rule number thirty three, I have a big problem with. It's it's uh, shave your guns. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> legs are to be carefully shaved at all times, and I. I have made it clear that I'm anti-shaving, although I am. Maybe if I had shaved my legs on Monday, I wouldn't have took taken third place. Maybe I yes. would have won, but yes. let's not think about that. Oh, I think you'd be it. faster on Zwift if you shaved your legs. I think so, too. <laughs> it's actually the one place where that's the only aerodynamic advantage you might have. That's the only part of your body that's actually moving through the air. That is true. <laughs> you can leave your arms, though, Lance. Don't worry. You, you don't need to touch your arms on Zwift. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say, for, for, for me, rule, and this is, uh, I'm an anatomy nerd out here for a second, so rule number 20, they, it's, there, there are only three remedies for pain. So the third remedy I agree with, and it says uh, reference back to rule five if there's any questions, which I, uh, we addressed later or, or, or earlier what that is. <laughs> the other two are if your quads start to burn, shift forward to use your hamstrings and calves. And if your calves and hamstrings start to burn, shift back to use your quads. <laughs> Speaking from somebody who's done an in-service on muscular activity and EMG studies during cycling, that is absolutely 100% wrong. Like that's, there's equal, the, the, the muscle activity really has a little bit less to do with actually exactly where you're sitting on the saddle than people might think. Uh, it's, it's more to do with what muscular group is actually fatiguing out and what come like compensatory pattern you want to use basically and also like where your pelvis is saying so i think that's a big like simplification of the cycling process there to say if your quads are hurting shift back and don't yeah. worry you'll be fine it's just that <laughs> easy <laughs> Two, 200 miles in all you have to do oh is you just shift, gotta shift, shift back, back and forth the whole yeah. time and you'll be fine yeah yeah, yeah wow. I, I was just anybody who's i'm sure on that uh, 200 mile ride you guys were doing there if something something was fatiguing out i don't think that shifting slightly was going to 
give your hamstrings that much of a break. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I've got a couple that I'd like to throw on the list that I like. Um, I, I kind of alluded to this last week, you know, kind of governing your, yourself in, in terms of, you know, just don't don't be an a-hole in life in oh, general yeah. and, and on the bike. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you can do that by leading by example. Uh, that's rule number two. You can, uh, rule number three is guide the um, uninitiated um, yeah. to a certain mm-hmm. degree. I mean, I'm not going to talk to them and, and tell them that they need to follow every single one of these rules, <laughs> but you can definitely get them going and, and get them pointed in the right direction. And another one, rule number 19, introduce yourself pretty yeah. much. Just yeah. create conversation. Make friends, man. It's, it's a good community. We don't have to be you know, the elitist a-hole out there that, that, you know, you're too cool for school to talk to other people. Um, you know, those are a couple quick and simple things we as cyclists can do to enhance our community. Um, I, I, there's another one that's really funny. I like taking pictures of my bike and you'll, if you go and look at my pictures nine times out of 10, my bike is staged a certain way because of this, of of this particular (laughs) rule. It's uh, rule number, um, 26, make your bike photogenic. So, um, typically speaking, you'll find my bike in the big ring. You'll find right. my crank arm pointing forward at, at a, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, parallel to the ground, and it'll be staged and it will be, you know, captured beautifully right. so that, uh, you know, the bike is the focal point of the picture. So, um, yeah. Um, there's another one on here that I think is actually functionally, it's a very good idea. It's never ride without eyewear. Have you guys ever ridden without eyewear and had a very large bug bounce off your eyeball? Ugh. Yes, and I actually race Ugh. without eyewear now too, so I should not be the one talking on this subject. I, yeah. I'm a hypocrite. So yeah. yeah, from time to time in the past, I mean, I would basically ride without eyewear. And mm-hmm. we used to, um, when I lived down in Southern California, we do a lot of nighttime rides because there's a lot of bike paths and, and areas that we could ride safely. And you just, you're not going to wear sunglasses. And it was dusk and I had the biggest beetle bounce off my oh, eyeball God. where my whole eye like went dark for like a brief moment. I'm like, oh my God, that hurts so bad. Please don't go blind. And from that day forward, I've always worn eyewear, um, I, maybe just one or two times that, that I haven't. But if it's at nighttime, I'm riding with clear lenses now. But it's it's kind of a safety thing. You know, there's stuff that can hit your eyes. And if you're traveling at, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles an hour, you don't want to lose an eye just because yeah. that, no, not for nothing. But if that happens, it's going to shock you and you could potentially go down. And trust me, folks, you don't want to mm-hmm. hit the road going that fast. Your body just does, it's not meant to slap the road that fast. Or at all, so there there are also other causes of extreme eye pain while riding, and I think one of these rules hints on it. Um, rule number fifteen: black shorts should always huh. be, or no, rule number fourteen: shorts <laughs> should always be black. Um, yeah, white shorts. Oh, I always wear white shorts. Yeah, strain. after I swim, <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah. Eye strain on those around you. Yeah. <laughs> we might we might have to have a discussion. I mean, so black, yeah, I, I get it. But what if you're you know rocking red shorts, orange shorts? I mean, what if dialed wanted to throw out a little bit like you know an away jersey? Like you know they get get a little bit more color into it. What, nope. if I, what if I nope. just just swam make sure you wear the away jersey when you're away from me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh. this is I th- th- this is where anybody who follows these rules as a cyclist, if you went to a triathlon like a race, you just be. I mean, I for, for gosh sake, like I think Jan Ferdano races in a one piece white. His yeah. his razor. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure his kid is a white. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's, well, it's has anybody amazing. even validated that all these rules are congruent? Do any of them conflict each other? That's I'm a good sure. question. Well, wow. here you go. Rule number 43, don't be a jackass. And there's <laughs> quite a bit of few things in here. If you're going to do that, it makes you quite the jackass. So, yeah. yeah. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> but, it says, but it says, if you absolutely must be a jackass, 
be a funny jackass. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, here's a dislike that I don't like, and it, it it's rule number 11. Family is uh, oh, yeah. you know, basically yeah. the, the yeah. rule. Let me go and read the rule exactly. It says family does not come first. The bike does. Uh, sorry. Ooh. I'm just going to have to say no. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that these are largely meant to be sarcastically yeah. humorous. But, yes. but so, here's yes. the thing. Some folks are going to take this I literal. Think people, yeah. yeah. No, I think more people than not take these rules a little bit too seriously. Yeah, maybe. maybe not more people than not, but I've seen quite a few people take these rules to, <sighs> to the nth degree. Right, yeah. There, there's also, I, I'm, I'm going to toss one that I really do like here is rule six, free your mind and your legs will follow. Kind of like a yogi mentality there. Yeah. I like that because in this era, so I think the thing I like most about the Belgian culture of cycling, cycling is it does try to take us away from that purely numbers-based look at data sort of mm-hmm. cycling approach to, like we talked about, like doing the no watch run or the no data ride once mm-hmm. a week. It kind of it kind of goes after that and saying like, you know, there's, remember why you got into cycling is because even when you're doing intervals, if you're just going hard on a bike, it's fun. Going fast on a bicycle is fun. And I think we need to remember that. I think Rule 6 kind of addresses that, that it's, you know, we we talk about numbers quite a bit. We talk about FTPs on here, but just riding fast can be fun. Yeah. Yep. How about um, the, let's see here, the, the, uh, the stuff, just storing everything in your jersey, basically. No saddlebags. How do you guys feel about that one? I always do that. I never, never, carry a saddlebag. So. never do I a mean, saddlebag. I, I, th- I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that will say like, yeah, don't put a bike pump, you know, frame pump. I think it's probably, it's gotta be one of the rules. I assume it's one it of the is. rules. Yeah. It, it but it's is like, one of the rules, it's, yes. I don't know. I, I saw Chris Froome had a frame pump on his training. I mean like these, there's, there's real good reasons to have a frame pump on yeah. your thing. And it's like, don't, don't take these rules too seriously. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, yeah, if it's easy to put stuff on a saddlebag, do it. If it's easier to put it in your Jersey, do it. If it's easier to have a frame pump, do that. If yeah. you want to have like, you know, fenders and lights and reflectors on your spokes that's like i don't care like as long as you want to ride like that's good yeah. i mean i'm happy i but. can get it when it comes to racing but i, I agree with yeah, Matthew yeah. as well and then no, yeah that can protect you from jokes and and practical jokes from your teammates uh yeah. there's been many a practical jokes where they stick things in your saddlebag mm-hmm. when you're not watching <laughs> yep. <that> either <laughs> yep there are large rocks that happened to me at team camp um, nice. or other, um, how do I describe, <laughs> um, things used um, that would be very embarrassing if you pulled them out in certain contexts. Uh, <laughs> um, so you can get a flat. Yeah, anyway, so, so that huh. might be a good reason to not use a saddlebag. That's funny. But, yeah. <laughs> And my last one, I'll go through this last one, and if anybody else has anything to add to that, that's fine. But um, never get out of the big ring. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've actually tried to fo- – I used to have a buddy who I would ride with who we would try and follow that one. We would follow that to a T. And, I mean, to the point where, like, Game on. we're almost falling on right. some Ohio Valley hills, and it's dumb. It's yeah. the dumbest rule ever. It's yeah. not efficient. If, if you're going out just trying to have fun on a ride – but if you follow that in, in in general for all of your rides, there are so many things that just oh, screams dumb it's and terrible. just ridiculous <laughs> about that. I mean, from it, it has no purpose to you're going to wreck your bike. Yes. I mean, you're going to yeah. cross chain to the max and you're tearing up these teeth. It's just so dumb. Wait, you guys yeah. have more than one ring? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
All right, Mr. Wasp per kilogram <laughs> FTP guy. Not not all of us are putting out. You know, we we haven't asked that question, Ju- Justin. What, what what is your FTP? Do, do you want to drop that might, for he us? He might not want to mention that. I know. No, no, Justin. That's kind of like though. yeah. That, that's a personal question. You don't have to answer that. You want to know before or after the wreck? Hmm. Before. It starts with a four. Let's just. Leave oh it with that. my gosh! Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Wow. I think impressive. mine's. I think mine's ninety-five. So. <laughs> Mine starts with a four, also, but it's just two, di- two digits. <laughs> two digits. Four zero. <laughs> Very cool. So I will. I will reference also, as I was saying, some of these rules are prejudice against triathletes. Oh, no. I, I actually found the most prejudice rule here, and I thought I knew these pretty well. Uh, rule number forty-two. A bike race shall never be preceded with a swim and or followed by a run. I'm not sure what that's referencing, but it could be referencing a triathlon. Might be be making fun of triathletes. It may may be. I think it may be. Un poquito, yes. A lot of people don't want to try to be athletes. They just be athletes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never claiming triathlon or triathletes. All right. Well, good times. Good times. Uh, now that I've offended half of the people on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and ourselves. All right. On that note, let us get into our last bit here. And that's the one last thing. We're going to shoot this around the table and uh, let everybody kind of have their one last thing. Matt, what's your sure. one last yeah. thing? We're so, right. Um, I posted a video to the YouTubes on Friday. And it was um, just like totally random, uh, like taking the, um, I guess it's the speed suit that yeah. you know, we got, the team speed suit. And uh, and I took it out to some, like, flat roads out of Vancouver Lake, which is just this, you know, there's some flat roads out there. It's uh, four miles out and back, like an eight-mile little stretch. And I compared the speed suit to a T-shirt and baggy shorts, <laughs> which is ridiculous, right? Um, and it was over eight miles and I just said, okay, well, I'm going to try and hold the exact same wattage, hold the same position. So to, you know, and I know this is not science guys, like this is not real, but it was definitely for fun and definitely funny. Uh, I actually had some random person like come up and, and bike up next to me and just like, look at me like I was crazy, which I am. But, uh, I'm putting this out there to, to you guys that are on the, on the podcast here, eight miles to at 200 Watts. What do you think? your gains are by switching from a t-shirt and baggy shorts to a speed suit three minutes okay three minutes it's only eight so the eight miles is eight you know, miles. So, yeah it's only eight miles how okay. baggy was the board of the shorts i'm picturing very baggy <sighs> my, my t-shirt was probably um like a, it's not super baggy like a medium i probably should have worn like an even baggier uh t-shirt and then the shorts i didn't have like a really baggy pair of basketball shorts which is what i was oh, really okay. hoping to have that, that's what i'm picturing but it's, it's, yeah. it's running shorts but they're lo- the longest running shorts that i could find so i have to recuse myself i'll watch the video oh, okay okay lance uh 30 seconds okay Justin, do you want to you want to wager? Can wait I ask here? some clarifying questions? Yes, you may. Absolutely. Um, how much heavier? What is the weight difference between the clothes? What's the average gradient? What's the CDA? Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, my <laughs> C- CDA. Good question. Good question. You can cap start calculating it. Right now. Um, so <laughs> the uh, there. So I think the important part of that those questions were um, that the, there was almost no hills whatsoever. It's completely flat. And then I have no idea um, what the weight difference was with the you t-shirt. Didn't and the dude. Come on, I should have. I, I did put the t-shirt and shorts on on top of the speed suit. Um, his, his legs are shaved too, by the way. My legs, legs are shaved. Legs are right shaved. Now. Arms are position not shaved. was position was pretty good, and then the power was almost exactly two hundred watts for both rides. So take a guess. Well, I'll take a guess. I'm going to go with forty two. Forty two seconds. The answer. 
So yeah, the answer to life, universe, and everything. Okay, it was 72, <laughs> 72 seconds. So oh. Oh. yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. So so if we're playing by prices right rules, <laughs> I win, right? Cool. There yes, you go. Yes. I'll take the car. What do you win? <laughs> yes, a, a new, new car. car. Windshield wiper blade. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, good, it was good little video. Yeah, I, I really it's, dig those. I actually get alerts on my phone yeah. now. It pops up and says, "Matt Legrand posted a new video." It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of time. So like you know, and I mentioned this. It's like no one you know none of a lot of our listeners like they're gonna either be wearing like a, a you know race cut jersey or whatever. Like they know this stuff, but a lot of the a lot of the people that I see at triathlons and especially like the sprint triathlons and things like that they are wearing like the t-shirts and the basketball shorts and stuff like that and I'm like hmm you know it's not just 72 seconds when you're you know when you're out there racing it's a couple minutes cuz you're you're going you're racing longer so it's just uh, it's a lot of time gotcha a lot gotcha. of free time out there all right, because I'm looking at them. Evan, how about you? One, one last thing. Uh, so the Blue Lake Triathlon is coming up. Um, oh. I will be there f- uh, supporting proactive physical therapy. Oh, We're going to have a tent this year, nice. or at least that's the plan. So anybody who needs a little help before the race or probably after the race too or just wants to come up and talk about you know getting a running gait analysis scheduled for you or anything like that or coming into the clinic and seeing me because this is the time of year where everybody including people at this table seem to be getting injured and getting knocked up you know just just different knocks and dings um yeah so absolutely come and see me i i think i'll race i'm pretty sure i'm gonna race okay. uh my goal is just to be there more as the physical therapist that day not that i'm making excuses if i'm racing i will be racing as hard as i can but yeah that's we'll see so um matt are you gonna be there yeah, I'm planning. I, I'm already cool. signed up. I think, and Derek yeah. is going to be there. I I'm know. Not gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to crush it. I'll, but I'm going to participate, and I'll go hard. I mean, I always, mm-hmm. you know, because it's fun yeah. to go hard. But I, yeah, it's. Uh, we'll see. Cool, cool. All right, good stuff, Lance. On location. One last thing, buddy. Um, I've got a Justin Wagner story. Do you want to hear that? Uh, oh, we do. Yeah, we do. Yes. <laughs> So a couple of years ago, I've, I've actually only ridden with Justin once, and it was during this Seattle to Portland ride. Um, we talked about it a little before we went on the air. Um, it's a 200-mile ride from Seattle to Portland, and Justin was hoping to put together a group that would average above 20 miles per hour for the ride. And uh, I did not do the whole thing. I think Matt and Jake were both on the ride. Weren't you guys both there? I was there just slightly behind than you guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so, could have been but, inches. Could have been. It's hard to say how far back I was. I mean, no one knows. What I 72 did seconds. Was, 72, 72 seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. 72 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Is that T-shirt and shorts? I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so I, I had been fairly busy that week, and so I couldn't go up to start the ride with the group. So I just jumped in with 90 miles left and just kind of. You said uh, 100 before the show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to um, work on my honesty, which <laughs> 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 I seem to struggle with. <laughs> so it's Hepler standard deviation. I've talked about that a lot uh, <laughs> on this show. So I think it was about 90 miles. With about 90 miles to go, I jumped in with the group. And I don't know, what was there, eight or ten guys left um, at that point? And uh, I jumped in, and I was fresh, and they were 110 miles in, and so I—that's uh, fair. I started, I started <laughs> pulling pretty hard to help the group, and sure enough, within like 10 miles, somebody flatted, and I can't remember if it was me or if it was Justin. Justin. I think it was Justin. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, Justin flatted, 
and we the group went off and so he changed it very quickly it was three or four minutes it was very quick and Impressive. i stopped to stay with him because i was fresh and i thought i will help pull justin back to the group and so um he gets his tire changed we jump back on and i immediately start hammering to try to close this three minute gap or whatever granted the rest of the group were soft pedaling so they had not like tore up the road because i think they wanted justin in the group because he was very strong so i am hammering up the road and justin is behind me on my wheel and he is like hey settle down little boy (laughs) 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 don't don't just we're gonna catch him don't just settle down just a little bit and i'm like oh i i I really don't know what I'm doing out here. Just stick on my wheel, Justin. I'll pull you back. That's my Justin story. He called me out, and I needed it. So <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember it. appreciate yeah, it. Was, you bet. <laughs> Good stuff. He didn't do all the work to get us back to the pack. I just want to be clear. He did <laughs> oh, that's not how I remember it. I yeah, well, you're going to have to check the, check the tapes on that one. <laughs> Oh, cool stuff. Uh, All right, Justin, one last thing from you. What what you got? um, So a corollary to that story, uh, the one last thing is I'm thinking, Jake totally signed up to have a ringer for the last 100 miles of the ride to make sure we (laughs) nailed this thing. What a genius man. And, like, that was, like, my – this is so awesome. They were coordinated. They had, like – you know, they were doping with like staged guys to only like help them pace along. I was like, this is genius. <laughs> yeah, that's like mechanical so. doping there. That... <laughs> so yeah, that, love, that's love my Lansing. one last thing. Yeah. Uh, we also have my wife too run uh, oh, support yeah. for us. Wow. She was running the support. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, she, was she doping you guys with burritos? Yes, she was. <laughs> yeah. Tossing burritos and, and water bottles. Off the... yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, that was a fun day. It was, uh, it, and don't sell a short, Lance. It wasn't 200 miles. It was 205 point, like yeah. five or something uh, like that. Thank so that's you. Five matter. Yeah. Sorry, that's five yeah, matter. That's I'm even gonna call it 206 just for sake of. <laughs> well, there was one last tidbit to that story where, um, if anybody's done the event, you'll know that like the last couple miles are like stoplights. Yeah. Yeah. And like single bike wide, uh, with like flowers pots on the side and stuff like you just can't really battle it out but of course jake and i were in the front and like we're both wanting to battle it out (laughs) (laughs) and technically jake did cross the finish line first but i was not given an opportunity to safely contest it so jake posted chicken dinner and i think i said group chicken dinner on his ride so. it, it was it was edited quickly it was chicken dinners <laughs> it was a collective referral to the group that group that that was a fun group that was a special day and and that that's was. that was an accomplishment man we our goal was 20 miles an hour average speed we finished at 20 21.5 if i'm not mistaken yeah. and, our, and we just barely missed 10 hours total time yeah our, and so for yeah. two and we were gonna I had plans to get under ten hours total time this year. I think that's taking a backseat to shoulder surgery. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that so. was that was the elapsed time. Our moving time was nine hours and thirty one minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So yep. during the course of that entire day, we were only down not moving for thirty minutes. And some of that was sitting at stop signs or stoplights and things of that nature too. So um, when you factor in like all of that stuff over the course and of I the entire day. And I had two flats. Oh, and he had two flats. Yeah. So um, we, we, 
we yeah, worked hard that day, and I think it, we all yeah. slept pretty well that night too. So, good stuff. All right, uh, my one last thing is um, pretty much just our socials. Um, I, we, we've talked about us posting stuff up on the website, and I'm actually going to say, no, we're not. We're, we're just going to post podcasts there. Um, if you want to go listen to the podcast on our website, the Dial Podcast, for, for right now, it's super simple, and we're just going to put things on Facebook. So go go to Facebook and go to Instagram. Those are two good places that you can go, and we'll post up videos. Um, I'm going to post up all of Matt's videos that he's put up on Uh-oh. YouTube. Uh-oh. Um, we, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got um, the 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 little bike wreck that I was in. Oh, yeah. I just That's recently yeah. put that up. So if you want to go to the um, at Dial Podcast uh, Facebook page, you can check it out there. We it's need on a Instagram video of Justin. Too. We need a video of you guys. We need a video of all these different crashes. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> reference that. And then you can go there and find a bunch of Lance's pictures. He's got an oh, ridiculous yeah. bunch right now. Really nice. It's all these majestic <laughs> stage photos of Lance being all majestic-y and stuff. I've got plenty <laughs> of pictures of busted carbon if you'd like to see okay. that. Oh, <laughs> yes. So those will be... Uh, our Facebook page and our Instagram page are both at Dial Podcast. You can go there and check those out. And you can always go to the website, too, at the uh, dialpodcast.com if you want to check things out there. Um, but other than that, um, I, that, that's where you can go find stuff. And, and my other one last thing is I just wanted to thank Justin for coming on today and have him tell us one more time about the, um, the Liberty Road Race that you guys have coming up on July 28th. July 28th. Spangle, Washington, staging at Liberty High School. Sign up. Uh, you can probably just Google Liberty Road Race. Um, in fact, let me validate that while I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll you'll get the uh, you should get the um, Team ODZ page. It came up for me. I don't know if that's because I'm signed in or not, but Liberty Road Race, uh, July 28th, uh, in Spangle, Washington. You can register now, so yeah. definitely do it. Yeah. Happy to have you guys. Yeah, awesome. And also um, go to Team ODZ to check out more stuff on ODZ if you're interested in, in joining what they've got going on over there, which is a good thing. Justin, just out of curiosity real quick, I'm, I'm not sure if you said this earlier, uh, roughly how many people are a part of Team ODZ digitally? Well, there's lots of ways to measure that. Um, I'd say people who have done – so we have a Facebook private Facebook group where a lot of banter goes on. There's like 2,500 people there. Uh, uh, Maybe people who have actively done something more than just joining a Facebook group, maybe uh, bought the kit, raced for us, you know, designated us through Zwift power is looking at more like 400, three to 400. So, geez, that's uh, a, that's pretty big time stuff there, man. I wanted to congratulate you on that because this stuff, like just blew up and it, it's I'm not going to say it's out of control because he's got total control and he's doing a great job of molding this thing but they are just on fire right now and it's good stuff um, you can also um, learn more about the uh, the Liberty Road Race too if you wanted to go to wsbaracing.com that is the Washington State Bicycle Association's uh, direct website so that you don't end up with the Bar Association um, <laughs> and you can see all yes. the other fun stuff that they have going on up there and, and uh, well I guess all over the state of Washington they actually serve Washington Oregon and North Idaho so it's kind of a cool thing um, we get quite a few people that do uh, some of their, their races as well so anyway one other thing I want to add I am not the kingpin of ODZ I am one of the kingpins so there's actually like 13 guys that do all the the, uh, behind the scenes stuff so nice. so yeah definitely um not just me I, there's no way i could manage a group that big by myself yeah so. you guys are doing a good job so again one more time justin thank you so much for coming on today we really thank appreciate you that lance you take care of yourself out there where exactly are you right now at this very moment um i'm in moab utah i'm 
staring at the red rock with the dog sleeping upside down in front of the window. So, oh my lord, (laughs) you suck. (laughs) I'm just gonna come clean and say it. We all we're all very envious of you. Oh, I I I deserve that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we're all good here, guys. Again, everybody, thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening. You guys all take care and bye for now. Thank you.